This is Moneyline on ESPN 97.5. And on ESPN 97.5.com. Presented by MyBookie. Live from the RentersWarehouse.com studios, here's Jerry Bowe and Josh Jordan. Welcome back. You are listening to Moneyline on ESPN 97.5. Jerry Bowe, Josh Jordan. And it's 11 o'clock, so you guys know what segment that means. It's the Gal Media All-Star segment. But we have a special treat for you guys today. We are joined by Lance Zerline in studio. He's going to talk about his picks a little bit with us, maybe talk a little Colts-Texans. So uh, here we go. Let's see, uh, let's see what picks Eric and Fred have for us this week. Cam, hit it. It's the Gal Media All-Stars Plays of the Week. The Blitz is Fred Bauer. Good morning, everybody. I'm somewhere up north in Canada today, but I still have picks for you. And uh, we're going to start off with Ravens Chiefs over 51 and a half. Chiefs defense has not been good all year. Uh, I look for Lamar Jackson to have a big day. Chiefs are going to score. As, even though the Ravens have a great defense, I expect the Chiefs to put points up. So I'm going to go over 51 and a half there. And how about this? I am back on the Giants bandwagon. Minus three and a half at Washington. Mark Sanchez, that's all you need to know. Giants playing better football. Uh, Redskins in big trouble with Sanchez in there. I will take the Giants minus three and a half. Hope everybody is having a great, great weekend, and I hope you all have a great day. The Benches Lancer line. All right, guys, here we go. 2-0 last week. Let's make it 2-0 again this week. I'm going to go with, you're not going to like this at all. I'm going to go with San Francisco plus the points uh, in the neighborhood of four in that area against Denver. Denver with a lot of injuries to skill position players. This is the NFL. On any given Sunday, you know anyone can win. And uh, we're going to take San Francisco to get off the schneid here against the very banged up and depleted Denver team. And then we're going to go over in Philadelphia and Dallas, 44-45. We saw Philly come alive a little bit. Dallas, this is you know a situation where they're trying to keep Philadelphia down. We think both offenses will show up in this one and hit the 50-point mark. Let's go over Dallas-Philly. Let's take San Francisco plus some points. Culture Maps, Eric Sandler. Before I get to my picks, I hope Josh and Jerry give Holly a little grief for picking Blake Bortles' backup to cover on the road. Holly, what were you thinking? As for me, I'm looking for a little value this week, and I think I found it with Seattle minus three over the Minnesota Vikings. Beating the Vikings would pretty much lock up a playoff spot for the Seahawks, and they still have one of the best home field advantages in the NFL. Besides, I'm always ready to bet against Kirk Cousins in a primetime game. For my second pick, I'm picking the Giants, minus 3.5 against Washington. I know it's square of me, but I can't resist the opportunity to bet against Mark Sanchez. I'm counting on Odell Beckham and Saquon Barkley to put up points against the banged-up Washington team whose playoff hopes have been completely dashed. All right, there we have it. So we're gonna, we might have Holly a little later in the show, guys. She is actually catching a flight, so we don't know if she's going to be on in time to give her picks or not. So we will see how the rest of the show goes and when she gets off that plane. But like I said, we have Lance in studio. Lance is here to talk a little bit about some of his picks. So let's start with the first one here, Lance. Uh, 49ers uh, plus four, it looks yeah. like. What, what do you like about the Niners today? Well, I think, number one, first and foremost, you start with Denver making a trip west, which it's not a bad trip. It's not a big deal, but they are, they've been, they've been cruising a little bit right now. And this is one of these spots where you could come out flat because it's a San Francisco team that, you know, is, is wildly unimpressive over the last month plus. Yes. You've got Denver who's playing a much better uh, brand of football. You also have Denver who is, you know, and right now it sounds like I'm making a case the other way. 
you know, you've got Denver who doesn't have a, a very tough schedule uh, as you move forward. And a lot of people think they'll make a little push. It'll be a little too little, little too late. But there's a lot of injury at the skill positions for Denver headed into today's yeah. uh, contest a lot. And I think it's one of those games where you take San Francisco for granted. You're laying more than a field goal on the road. I think it all adds up to kind of a handicapper special when you look at this. Um, an opportunity to get uh, a team coming out flat with a lot of injuries against another team that is you know, clearly not going to be uh, very highly rated by the odds makers. So I think you're catching a little value with San Francisco. That's why I went with San Fran plus a, plus a point. I, I could see that with the Emmanuel Sanders injury. Uh, Richard Sherman will probably be on Cortland Sutton most of the day, at least when he's on that side. So, yeah, I think Denver they might have trouble scoring a little bit here. And today. the Chris Harris injury is also big. I mean, yeah. now when you talk about Denver, who do you picture as their main guys? Their, who, who do you got? It's, Thomas gone. Sanders hurt. So who, they're leaning on Lindsey, and yeah. that's fine and dandy, but then your script is until that the other team knows what you got going. I love the pick. I love, love, love that pick because history says since 2003, teams that scored 17 points or fewer in consecutive road games, they bounced back big. That Last week, uh, Broncos beat the Bengals by 14 points. History tells you that. Next week, those teams forty-five against the spread. They don't bounce. They don't play as big. Mm-hmm. Now, I don't see how the Broncos move the ball anymore. I don't. If you can stack the box for the run, how do you move the ball? It's really. I mean, it's a run based. It, it is based on Lindsey. And Lindsey had a great game last week. But you know, this is once again. This is this is one of those plays where it's an any given Sunday opportunity. And I think San Francisco at home against a depleted offensive unit. I mean, it has all the trappings. And then Jerry, you just you know brought up some some historical trends and data that favor it as well. This is really something a a public better would not like this play at all. Um, A handicapper would see the relevance in this play and why you would like it. It's not going to be fun to get on board. And And it took me a little while to get there, but then... You know, when you just look at the situation, sometimes you have to play situations late in the season, and that's what I'm playing here. Yeah, Jerry's always on that. The, the pretty games are usually the ones that get you. It's it's the ugly games a lot of times where you win money, right? Yeah, that's where the value is a lot of times. Is uh, you know, when I used to when I was putting more time into this, and I and I was doing this, you know, for a, a pseudo living back in the way back in the day with Pigskin Sports. It really is about finding. Um, it's really about eliminating a board to get to about five games you target. Like on a pro on a Sunday, for example. You need to get to five games because a lot of them, the number's going to be hammered out. You just want to find opportunities for situations that favor you. And many times, that's not going to be on the favorite. And speaking of that, the most lopsided bets this week, the Giants getting 70% of bets. Kansas City, 70%. Buffalo, 70%. New Orleans, and then Carolina. So that goes to tell you what games are getting most of the public action. Now, as far as money, teams getting the, the the let's say, the sharp action, the money. Green Bay, 76% of the money. New Orleans, they catch themselves getting tickets and money, 74%, followed by the Lions at 70%. So the money is on those teams. I'm really, really curious of why you like the over in that Philly game because I'm all over it. I uh, I think people are going to think that the game's going to be under that. The way that the Eagles are playing is is a way that the Cowboys' defense could come up and the way they played uh, Breeze, for example, getting up in their face and not letting them get off their routes. But history says 9-2-2, two, two, the Eagles, as a road dog since 2015, November. So under these circumstances, I wanted to go look back the last time the Eagles and the Cowboys played with the Cowboys being favored. Mm-hmm. 
October 30, 2016, the Cowboys were favored by five. They won by six, 23-29, but the game flew over there. The game total was 45. It's got a lot of similarities to today, and I love the over. Yeah, I think, you know, Amari Cooper has really changed their ability to hit some chunk plays. Ezekiel Elliott's in a, in, in a, he's in a nice spot right now, now that the Cowboys have figured out that he's really good and they should give him the ball. And so... But you have Philadelphia in a must-win situation. I mean, there's a, this is a no-doubt must-win situation, and it's going to go one of two, two ways. It's going to be a body bag game that's in the 30s, or it's going to hit closer to 50. I don't think it's going to be around. I don't think the number's going to really come into play that much from an over-ender standpoint. I kind of like this one to, to go over because I do think Philly is desperate. I think Philly comes out and tries to immediately uh, attack Dallas down the field. And if they have some success doing that, and I mean like play action shots, I don't think you want to get behind the chains and have Dallas's pass rush coming at you. So I think that's always beneficial for overs when you have the play action shots on first down because that's when the chunk plays come in. And then on the flip side, you know, Dallas right now, if they get behind Philly, which I think is a possibility, you could see them, you know, playing with a little bit better tempo and a little more desperation. And Des has played better. He feels more comfortable with a good, a legitimate wide receiver one option right now. So I think this this one has the potential to be uh, both teams seeing this as must win territory. And if it and if you score early in the game, then I think the tempo is going to be uh, hotter, and I think the scoring action is going to really fall in line for the rest of the game. If it goes slow, you know, I think the first quarter, really the first uh, probably, um, I'd say the first 20 minutes of this is going to be extremely important in how the tempo is going to end up being played. Maybe maybe even the first 10 minutes. I absolutely love it. The road team in this series has won 13 of the last 17 meetings. Eagles 29-18 against the spread as road underdog since 05. The Cowboys struggle under Jason Garrett as favorites, 41%. If the game is played at home, people think that at home you have some kind of big home field advantage. It's not. That's not the case in Dallas. 33% winners, 16 and 32 as home favorites. Mm. The The home field doesn't really come into play. Cowboys do, don't, don't show up in these big spots. Traditionally, I'll take the underdog. Wow. All right, before Lance goes, I at least want to talk a little Texans-Colts here. Mm-hmm. Looks like it's a, about four points. It was four and a half a couple days ago. Texans favored. Uh, you know the little contest we do with AJ here with all the hosts, Lance? I took the Colts this week plus the points. Yeah. Um, I, I just feel like it's going to be a close game. I feel like... I feel like the Colts have to win today. And I feel like the Texans are probably going to win the division even if they lose today. But the Colts, I feel like they got to have this one. I think it's going to be a close game, so I'm taking the Colts plus the points. Where are you on this one, Lance? You know, the Colts, you don't know what you're going to get with them. Last week, zero against Jacksonville after really just running through teams recently with their offense. Um, so it's a little it's a little trickier here. You have to, to me, in this matchup, you have to start with, you have to start with the matchups. And... I don't know who the tech. It's always an issue with T.Y. Hilton because you don't typically have speed to match with them other than Jonathan Joseph. Yep. So right now, you know, I'm concerned about how you're going to match up with T.Y. Hilton. Yeah. And then once you go beyond T.Y. Hilton, you have to say, all right, well, what about do you, are your, you know, does Bernardrick McKinney get in any trouble against some of these speedy running backs? Because that's what they have. They have chunk play running backs. Yeah. So I think that's a, a concern. And then the tight end matchup. The Colts are really playing well with Mo Alley Cox and Jack Doyle and, and Eric Ebron in terms of being able to formation you into big sets and then exploiting you with uh, uh, with the tight end. So, you know, I think there are some matchup concerns for the Texans, but on the flip side of that, I don't think the Colts' secondary really matches up well against the Texans at all. And right now, honestly, I know it feels like a sucker play, but I kind of like the Texans because I feel like the Texans right now are really – 
um, wrapped up in this nine-game winning streak. I think they love the fact that they are the hottest team in football relative to to, to extended win streak. Sure. And I think that's something that they uh, um, want to protect. And this feels like a game where the Texans are going to come out really ready to play. I thought they might be a little flat last week. They weren't against no. the Browns at all. And I think you will get a very focused effort because this was a tough, tough game. It was a game that kind of jump-started the Colts last uh um, at, you know, after that Texans lost, they lost the next week. But really, their offense got jump started against the Texans, and I think we we could see. Um, you know, I kind of like the overplaying here, frankly, more than anything. You like Watson today? You think he has a big game? I think from a fantasy standpoint, I would uh, I would play yep. Watson, and I wouldn't be afraid to play Luck either because, like I yeah. said, Luck and the and I think that team has what they do well is where the Texans could struggle a little bit. So from a matchup standpoint. I understand the first one went way over. Yeah. A lot of times, division flip-flop, you like to play the other side. I don't think it's the case this time. I think both these teams uh, are going to struggle a little bit defensively. I think the matchups is the key here. Everything that you say I agree with as far as, okay, so what hurts? Where do the Texans excel with their pass rush? But we saw weeks, weeks with yeah. Andrew Luck not touching Much his back. Much better pass pro for the Colts than, than, than they saw the first time around. Yeah, Andrew Luck, 32 touchdowns passes, that's second in the league. 14 uh, sacks, that's second fewest. So then where do they get to him? So he'll sit back there. But it's crazy if you look into the numbers, 6.4 yards per attempt. So he does a lot of short passing. Mm-hmm. Texans, God, is that it? 6.4. that many touchdowns? That's it, unbelievable. It's unbelievable. Yeah. That's what's crazy about it because – they do it this game. The only reason I lean to the Colts is for the whenever you look into third down conversion rate and red zone scoring, and that's where I think you have to try to find a difference. The Colts dominate them on both of those. Colts yeah. score seventy percent touchdowns inside the red zone. The the Texans are way below that. Forty eight percent conversion rate on third down. The Colts second best in the league, only to the Buccaneers, and that's where the defense on the first matchup fifty nine percent third down conversions that the Colts converted, and that's why they were able to put so many points. You know, up. the one concern I would have with that, though, Jerry, that number is that if you look, and my guess is if you broke that down into two half seasons and the Texans are, what, we're 12 games in, if you look at first six in their red zone, the first six, and then the last six, my guess is the last six it's substantially different for the Texans because we know yeah. the Cowboys game, the the uh, who was it, the Jaguars, the uh, you could go back to the Giants, so many drives that ended in field goals, yep. but they have been better about that. So sometimes I wonder... Uh, you know, so sometimes one of the things I like to do from a handicapping standpoint is if I if I find a divergent point in a season where a season went the other way, you know, either positive or negatively, I'll start my tracking my data, my important because I agree with you, that's a critical factor. Third down conversions and red zone scoring, critical, critical factors. But sometimes I like to do it in okay, well, since they've since this point, for whatever, you know, whatever changed at that particular point in the season. How are those numbers there? And my guess is the Texans would be much better because they were terrible with red zone conversions earlier in the season. And they're not great now, and the Colts are good. So I get I get what you're saying there. The only thing I would be concerned about is Texans are a little better nowadays than they were earlier in the season. So maybe those numbers are a little uh, skewed because of how terrible they were earlier. Yeah. That is so true. That's where usually you can find value if the line hasn't really caught up to. Is this the same Texans team that right. was playing? It, it isn't. Is that I the think same? the line has caught up to the Texans. Yeah. I, don't, I don't think you're getting value. No, no it, they're pretty They're pretty right now. That's what happened with the Rams. You see the Rams haven't been able to cover as of late at the rate they were going because yeah. they finally caught up to them. Right. Yeah. It, it happens to everybody. And the Eagles, getting back to our other play, Last week they were three and eight headed into the game. Last week on Monday night where they where they smashed, um, they got the cover. You know, a lot of times it works its way back at the end of the season. So, uh, to your point about playing the Eagles as a dog, 
history would tell you that's not a bad play to play that dog play again as the Eagles start to make their way towards 500 market uh, against the, against the number. And, and Texans have been a little more conservative in the second half of these last few games because they've been winning, right? No, Brian's cool. Like, yeah, let's just take the field yeah. goal. You know, they're not pushing it as much. No, no. When they get ahead, they like to say, I don't think they'll have that opportunity here. I think none of us think that they'll be able to just sit on a lead here. I think it's... The offenses are gonna are gonna get cranked up, and I don't think the Texans will be able to just sit down and play for field goals. I think there's gonna be some scoring in this one. And just to let you go, I know you're a busy guy doing your uh, film studies and things. I just have one question though: mm-hmm. I, where we are now, and I know that a lot of people are saying, "Man, the way the Texans season started, this is a win already." But in your eyes, what's considered a uh, a successful season as far as how far they go? Do they have to win that first round game? Or? Yeah, I think so. I think, well, their first round game, there's a chance it's not going to be until, you know, yeah. we'll, we'll see what happens, but they got an opportunity to get a first round bye. So if they can get a little help against the Patriots. But, um, yeah, I think they have to win a first round game. I don't think there's any question about that. And, and uh, y- you have some, some pretty good competition, but I think that the Texans right now, when you look at the Chargers and the Steelers, um, I think the Chiefs are in a different level because their offense. We don't know what happens now with the running back change. Yeah, and and now when you look, I would have said definitely while Steelers, Chargers, you know these are teams that I have obviously Patriots that I have above the Texans mm-hmm. or potentially above the Texans. I'm not sure I say that anymore. Mm-hmm. I feel like that the the group is kind of coming together and and getting a little closer. Now I still think the Chargers on their best day are awfully, yeah. but the Texans on their best day, they got a shot with Deshaun Watson to be the second-best team in the AFC on their best day. Yeah, no doubt about it. They they had the upside. We'll see if they can put it together. All right, well, I want to thank Lance for joining us. This has been awesome. Really appreciate you stopping by, my man, doing it in person. Yep, no problem. All right. All right, guys, we'll hit the rest of the games on the other side. You're listening to Moneyline, ESPN 97.5. So I can bust like a bubble Hopping in Long Beach together Now you know you in trouble Cause ain't nothing but a G-Bang Baby Too low up G So we crazy Twitter Twitter Follow the show on Twitter At Moneyline97.5 This is Moneyline On ESPN 97.5 And on ESPN 97.5.com Presented by MyBookie Live from the RentersWarehouse.com studios Here's Jerry Bowe and Josh Jordan. All right, we are back. I hope you guys caught it. We had a Lance Erline jump in, talk some gambling, some Texans with us. But I think you guys know what this music means. That means Jerry Bowe is about to put some money in your wallet because you're going to go to my bookie and place some bets. So here we go. What do you got for us this week, Jerry? Straight bets. We touched a couple of these games already, but let's get into a little bit more of the details. Colts plus four and a half. Colts didn't score last week, right? Since 2003. Teams that were shut out the previous game have gone 55% against the spread. If the team is an underdog like the Colts are today, 61% winners. I talked about Andrew Luck's 32 touchdown passes, second in the league, also second fewest sacks. You would think, that 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 gives them po- time in the pocket. The touchdown passes are coming on 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 long balls or whatever it is. But like I told Lance, and we we spoke about a six point four net yards per attempt. That's fifteenth in passing DVOA. Now, where do you hurt the Texans? Twenty third in short pass DVOA defense. They struggle against the short pass. You can get yards after catch on them. The red zone offense. The the Colts score on over seventy percent touchdowns inside the red zone if they're in the red zone they usually get six 
Now, on the other side, the Texans, they struggle on, this, on, on that part of the offense. Now, if we take a smaller sample size, yeah, the numbers have been looking up. But also, is it the opponents? We're about to find out today against a team that ranks second and third down conversion rate. They usually get the ball, the chains moving. The Colts can keep the ball moving, the ball rolling. They only trail the Buccaneers in that category. Andrew Luck, 22-9 and nine off the, against the spread off a loss. Andrew Luck's also 17-9 and nine against the spread against divisional opponents. 13-7 and seven as an underdog of three and a half or more. All the numbers are positive. Everything faces it. it, 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 To me, it's a three-point game either which way. For the Houston faithful that's listening, hopefully it's the Texans that win by three. But for money-wise, I got to put my money on the Colts. Straight bet. Ravens plus seven. The numbers moved. If you got it at seven and a half, congratulations. You consider yourself sharp because those people bet it quick. Now it's at six and a half. Some places are offering the seven. Kansas City, high scoring offense in the league, 37 points per game. Baltimore, best scoring defense, 17-8. In the last 10 seasons, including the playoffs, when a team scoring 30 or more faces a team allowing 20 or fewer They're 41% winners for the better offense. They don't get there. Defense wins, especially later in the year, right? In Ravens history, though, they've never played a game with over-under higher than 51. Isn't that crazy? Wow. I I had no clue. I read that, and it just was was crazy to me. I mean, in all the games they've played? Yeah. They haven't always had a great defense. Ravens averaging 4.1 yards per carry, which ranks 26 in the league. But the offense is different. What has the offense been since... The last three weeks, 53 carries, 43, and 49 for 716 yards, an average of 4.9 yards per carry. Not a good look for KC, allowing 5.1 yards per carry, which is tied for the worst in the league, tied with the Seahawks and the Rams, two other teams that you sometimes don't, don't realize that they got that bad of run defenses. I look... For the Ravens to stay in this game with the run, I think that the game plays under. So give me the Ravens, the team that's running 22 more plays per game with Lamar under center, although they pound the run. Straight bets. Let's touch on the Packers over 27 points team total. The Packers lost in week 13 as 13.5 point favorites. They were getting 70% of the bets, burning everybody. You woke up today, the last team that you want to bet is the Packers, thinking about last week if you bet them. That, that's just the way it is. It's a it's a what-have-you-done-for-me-lately league in life, right? So teams that lose outright and double-digit favorites, they bounce back big the following week. Since 2003, against the spread winners, 37 and 23. When teams are supposed to play big, that just read what the number tells you. Numbers, they're supposed to be big. They throw up an egg. Now, the next game, everyone's talking to them. These are pros. They get up. But even read into it further with everything going on in Green Bay. It's a power struggle. You think that Aaron Rodgers doesn't want to go out there and shine? You think that he doesn't want to go out there and prove that it wasn't him? Right? So, in this position, Aaron Rodgers, he's lost two games as a double-digit favorite in his career. The next time, the next game in both of those situations, he came out with blowouts. He blew the Vikings out by 14 and the Bears by 17. Seven touchdowns, zero interceptions. The cold temperatures, mid to low 20s. Man, I don't know about that. Having somebody out there that's not used to that, I think that the Packers throw up 27 to 30 points right around where that team total is. You'll be free rolling going into that fourth quarter. I think the team total is the bet here. Bet the Packers. Teasers. 
teasers. Sometimes you have to say, man, that spread's way too big for me. Let me bring it down to where I feel comfortable. I feel comfortable with 10-point teaser this week. Bring down the Steelers from 10.5 to uh, 0.5. So they're plus 0.5 or minus 0.5. I'm sorry. They're 10.5. Pats at a picket. And then you get the Colts. If you if you if your line's showing four and a half, you get the fo- Colts at fourteen and a half. You're telling me the Colts are going to lose by fourteen and a half? I mean, if they do, that's wild. But yeah. Steelers just win. Packers, uh, Pats just win, and the Colts plus fourteen and a half. Throw a five unit teaser on that. And let me get in just to some random tidbits here. I'm going to be taking the Saints Bucks under. I'll be taking Aaron Rodgers over two touchdowns passing um, as a prop over on my bookie. And also, I'll be hitting the Ertz, uh, uh, the Ertz props, Ertz receptions over six and a half. I think he torches them. I think he has over seventy and a half yards, and I think he gets in the end zone at plus money. Ooh. All right. Well, there you have it. I believe we're going to get a little update here from Andrew on our actives, inactives. So let's see who's playing today, Jerry. Breaking news. News flash. You're very correct there, Josh. We've got the actives, inactives list. So starting off at running back, Isaiah Crowell, he's going to be active for the Jets. Uh, There's actually not a whole lot of news, period, at least for these noon games. Moving over to wide receiver, Josh Doxson is going to be active for the Redskins, but he might as well be inactive because Mark Sanchez is playing. <laughs> Danny Amendola, he's going to be active for the Miami Dolphins, and Kiki QT is going to be out with the hamstring for the Texans. I'm guessing they're just going to keep QT in bubble wrap till the postseason rolls around. I could be wrong, but that's my, that's my guess. Um, that's all we've got for the noon games. Moving over to the late games, Joe Mixon is going to be active for the Bengals. He uh, was limited Wednesday and Thursday in practice, but he was good to go by Friday. He was off the injury report. Austin Eckler is going to be active for the Chargers. It's going to be a very interesting interesting situation to see what happens with him and Jackson. Melvin Gordon is going to be out this week, and I guess at least next week and maybe even the week after. So wow. it's going to be very, very interesting to see how that situation develops in San Diego. It's honestly 50-50. If they fall behind... Eckler's going to get the majority of the snaps. If they're playing from ahead, it's going to be Jackson all day. So it, it really depends on the matchup and and what's going to happen in those games. Over for the Broncos, Cortland Sutton is going to be active. Matt Breida, we've <laughs> talked about Brittle Breida a whole lot on this show over yeah, the past few weeks. He's out. <laughs> uh, sure Jeff thrilled. Wilson Jr. is going to start in his place. Pierre Garçon is out for the 49ers as well. Josh Adams is active for the Philadelphia Eagles. It's a different injury this week. Last week it was the hip. This week it's the shoulder. But he was in full practice by the end of the week, so expect him to play. Uh, Kenny Galladay, he's active for the Lions. He's got a quad injury, but he was a full practice on Friday, so he's good to go. Bruce Ellington is questionable if you're scraping the bottom of the barrel for those flex (laughs) picks. But uh, he's played through this back injury before, so expect him to go, even though he's questionable. Carrion Johnson talked about it. He's out, so LeGarrette Blunt's going to be getting all the carries over there. Doug Martin is questionable for the Raiders, but I would expect him to play even though they picked up C.J. Anderson as insurance. Uh, James Conner, he's out for the Steelers. That means Jalen Samuels and Stevon Ridley are going to get the majority of the carries for the Steelers. Um, Conner should be back next week. It's not 100%, but the general consensus is that he's expected to be back next week. For the Sunday night game, Mitchell Trubisky, he was full in practice the entire week, so he's going to play. There's no questions there. That's big. And at Monday night, Rashad Penny, he was moved to questionable uh, just yesterday with an ankle injury. There's not a whole lot of news coming out about it, but the fact that he was moved questionable on a Saturday night, I would stay away. We've talked about this a lot throughout the season. If it's a Monday night game and someone's a game-time decision, it's best just to stay away. 
Yep. Uh, Doug Baldwin, he's questionable heading into Monday night. He didn't really practice at all this week, so I'm a little bit worried about it. Uh, it's reported as a hip injury. A lot of people think it's tied into the groin injury that's plagued him for the past couple of weeks. He's another guy where I'm, on, I'm not going to say he's not going to play, but if you want to be safe, you stay away from it. And then Stefan Diggs is going to be active on Monday. That's Ooh, all I got. That's a big one. Thank you, Andrew. All right, so that one's big there. Stefan Diggs looks like he's going to go. I know I need him this week. So there you have it, guys. There are all the updates. So I guess we'll get to the rest of the games here on the other side. I think we're up against another break. So we'll get to uh, my flexi segment. I'll give you guys some flex plays, and then we'll, we'll hit the rest of the games. You're listening to Moneyline, ESPN 97.5. on Twitter at Moneyline975. This is Moneyline on ESPN 97.5. And on ESPN 97.5.com. Presented by Thrive Plus. Live from the RentersWarehouse.com studios, here's Jerry Bowe and Josh Jordan. Welcome back to Moneyline. You know that song. It's time to get flexy. At JoshJordan97.5 is where you can find all this work. On SportsMap is where you can find the article and everything that we talk about this show. Let's get it started. Get him, Josh. Oh, Jerry, I am feeling extra playoff flexi today, my man. So I got a longer list for everybody this week, so hopefully it comes in handy. So let me start off. This guy was my play of the week a couple weeks ago, and he came up big time. I'm talking about Baker Mayfield. All right, he's going against the Panthers this week. You know what they've done in their last five games? They've given up 14 touchdown passes. That's a lot. So I think Baker's going to get some for himself this week. Get him in your lineup. Use him if you need him. Next, I don't know, this guy Aaron Rodgers. Have you ever heard of him? Can you believe he is on my 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 flex play column, essentially? <laughs> Aaron Rodgers. I know he's a quarterback, not exactly a flex, but you guys know what I mean. He's kind of a, a borderline starter this year at quarterback. But I'm here to tell you, I agree with what Jerry said. I think he's going to come out and try and make a statement that Mike McCarthy was the problem. Mm -hmm. I think this is going to be a big game today. I think there's going to be a lot of points. I say give Rodgers a chance today. Get him in your lineup with this shootout against the Falcons. All right, moving along. He's finally back. Mitchell Trubisky, guys. The Rams are getting crushed by quarterbacks. Trubisky's back. You heard hyped up Andrew. He practiced this week. He's good to go. Just some stats for you guys. Rams are allowing over 32 fantasy points per game over the last month to the quarterback position. Wow. So, I mean, that's a lot, guys. So, if Trubisky gets you 30 points in, the, in your playoff week, you're going to be pretty damn happy about that. So, he's a good play this week, guys. Another guy. This guy's probably killed you all year. Dalvin Cook. But I like him this week. Seattle's given up over 32 fantasy points per game to running backs in their last five. And Cook's starting to come on, man. And I think he's going to make an impact in the passing game. Seahawks giving up the most catches, 36, to running backs over their last five games. It's a cook-off. Yeah, that, that's a cook-off right there. Fry him up. Get Cook in your lineup today. I think you can trust him. How about this guy, Aaron Jones? I know the last couple games from a rushing standpoint, he hadn't been great. 40 yards, 72, and then 36 yards in his last three. But his work in the passing game is coming on, guys, and that's where you're going to get 
your points. Make sure you start them this week against the Falcons, who are allowing over 30 fantasy points per game to running backs in their last five. Like I said, I like Rodgers, so I like Jones this week. Get him in your lineup. LeGarrette Blunt. I mean, come on, guys. He's probably going to fall in the end zone. The Cardinals have allowed five rushing TDs in their last four games, so they're giving more than one up every game recently. So give him a shot this week. I know there's nothing sexy about LeGarrette Blunt, but what do we talk about when we open the show? It's guys like him that win you your fantasy leagues yeah. late in the year. It's usually the guys you're not excited about. The other guy I am really excited about, Tariq Cohen, man, he's been awesome. I just want I put him in here because if you you know, on the fence, maybe you don't want to start him. Get him in there. Rams have allowed six TDs to running backs in their last four games. I think he gets in the end zone. Moving along, my play of the week, Amari Cooper. I will be hanging with Mr. Cooper today, Jerry. Boom. Boom. I'm hanging with Mr. Cooper. I think he's going to come away with 100 yards and probably a touchdown. He's playing the Eagles. Do they even have a corner on the roster that was on the team at the beginning of the year? Mm-hmm. No, they don't. Get Amari in there. Another guy, this guy's a little more risky, but hey, it's the playoffs. Allen Robinson. He's got Got his quarterback back. Rams giving up over 42 fantasy points per game to wide receivers in the last four. I know Keep Tlaib's coming back, but I think they're still going to be okay. Get him in your lineup. Are you feeling dangerous this week? I'm about to tell you to start Zay Jones, Jerry. Who? Yeah, exactly. All right, guys. This is, you've got to be feeling a little desperate, a little dangerous, but he has three three TDs in his last three games. He also scored zero points in one of those games. So I'm just I'm letting you guys all know the information, but if you're desperate, he's been good lately. Another guy I really like this week, Adam Humphreys. You know, Deshaun Jackson's out. Saints have given up 75 catches to wide receivers in their last five games. That's big time. I think Humphreys comes through. I like T.Y. Hilton against the Texans. I told you guys this list a little longer this week. Trying to give you as many options as possible. I think you get T.Y. in there this week. He's done very well against the Texans over his career. And finally, four tight end plays. I kind of like Jimmy Graham. He had a rebirth last week. I think he caught eight balls. We like the Packers this week. Graham's a Packer. Get him in there. (laughs) We made some jokes about Trey Burton earlier today, but the Rams are giving up over 18 fantasy points a game to tight ends over the last month, so he might be worth using. And finally, Austin Hooper. The matchup's not great, but I think this could be a shootout between the Falcons and the Packers, and Julio's a little banged up. Maybe Hooper sees a few more looks. And finally, Cam Brait. I mean, the guy catches touchdowns. That's about all he does. He may get you one for 15 yards, but there's a good chance he'll get in the end zone. So those are my flexi plays for this week. If you guys have any questions, hit us up, 713-780-ESPN. Also, you can hit us with questions at Moneyline97.5. So there you have it. Jerry and I, we gave out all our picks for this week. If you guys have any other questions, hit us up. We'll try to get them all. And time is running short. We'll yes. come back with one segment. We'll try to get all these games in. You're listening to Moneyline, ESPN 97.5. This is Nolan Ryan. You're listening to Houston's best sports talk, ESPN 97.5. is Money Live on ESPN 97.5. And on ESPN 97.5.com. Presented by Thrive Plus. Live from the RentersWarehouse.com studios, here's Jerry Bowe and Josh Jordan. 
All right, we are back. You are listening to Moneyline on ESPN 97.5. I'm joined by Jerry Bow. I'm Josh Jordan. We got Cam behind the glass, and looks like we don't have a whole, whole, whole lot of time left, so we're going to get to as many of these games as we can for you guys. We'll try and give you all our thoughts, fantasy and gambling-wise. So uh, here we go. Let's get into it. I think this one's kind of interesting. New Orleans Saints trying to bounce back. They're playing Tampa in Tampa. It looks like this one is about a... Nine and a half point spread. Obviously, the uh, the Saints are favored in this one, but Jerry's telling me the weather might be an issue in this game. What should people be aware of? It's absolutely pouring in Tampa. As it, this was wrote, uh, the 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 article I was reading over on Rotto Grinders, eight a.m. Central. It was raining real bad. Ten to fifteen hour, mile an hour winds. That's the recipe for bad. The total has gone down to I think. If I'm seeing this right in the 49 range, wow. I mean, we're talking about a, a, a spread a total that opened up, I believe, like 56. So if the spread's going or the total's going down that much, I'm sorry, 53 now, It's and it's dipping. And I say that the way that the Saints have been playing as of late, the defense has come through. Four and six touchdown to interception ratio over the last four games. 20 sacks, 34 quarterback hits over the last four games. 20 sacks. You heard that wow. right. They're going to get to Jameis. Now, Jameis did his best job not to get benched, and he's gone back-to-back turnover-free starts. Cool. You're in there. But in a game like this where I could see Jameis making mistakes here. I could, too. I, I think he'll. St- the weather really <laughs> scares me a little bit because I really like Godwin in this one, you know, with uh, Deshaun Jackson not playing. But if the weather's this bad – Man, that's a little bit of a concern for sure. But in the Saints, I mean, their offense last week was terrible. It was non-existent. Man, I don't know if they're going to bounce back. We shall see. What about Kamara this week? Do you think they maybe, with the weather being poor, they try and pound the ball a little bit more? Maybe Mark Ingram? I think it's more of an Ingram moment. I think that I like Kamara on that turf. You know what I'm saying? I love him at home on turf. I think that they're going to try to get out of here in one piece. Don't get me wrong now. What do you get out of the Saints coming off that loss? Coming off a long week. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, what do you get? Do they come back and try to stick it in everybody's face? Or do they come back and just try to get out of here with some wins? Saints defense allowing 23 points or fewer in the last eight of the last nine games. I mean, come on. The only game that they allowed more was the shootout, 45-35 of the Rams. Other than that, the team is balling now on the defensive side of the ball. And that's all they need to to. Couple up with that wonderful offense. No, you're right. Even the Cowboys game where we were so disappointed with them, the defense was fine. They only gave up 13 points. So that that just, to your point, Jerry, they, they've been playing good defense for sure. Kind of like Lance said, you like to divvy up the seasons into different breaking points. You know, the Saints kind of did, they didn't get off to a good start on no. defense, but they've been playing lights out now. So that should be an interesting one for sure. Saints are going to want to keep winning. They want to get that home field advantage. They want to make the Rams come to New Orleans. So th- they're going to try and get this one done. But I think Jerry's right. I think it's going to be a little more conservative. Like, let's just get out of there with the win kind of thing. And speaking of conservative and getting out of wherever you got to get out of Mark Sanchez's, uh, I mean, <laughs> that, get out of his way. He's coming for you. No, he's not. It's going to be an under game. And I don't see where the scoring comes from in that game. You have a a Redskins offensive line that's going to have to protect the buff fumbler. And uh, it's going to be tough because four out of the five uh, starting linemen are gone. I don't even think they have somebody from week one on that offensive line anymore. And that's crazy whenever you're having to mask, I guess, Mark Sanchez's attributes, if that makes sense. And whenever you got that uh, defense coming in your face, it's going to be trouble. It's going to be a long day. But then you got the Giants on the other side of the ball missing Odell Beckham. And I don't know how they're going to – I mean, 
they've been doing better as of late, but where how they get to 24, 28 points, I don't see it. I see like a 2017-type game, 37 points, right under that 40-and-a-half total. There you go. So, you know, take the under on that one. It started at 42-and-a-half. Now it's at about 40. So, yeah, you could still get the under there. I think maybe it's a Saquon Barkley type of game. Exactly what you it know? is. I think, and guys, you know, I know we haven't hit DraftKings like we usually do quite as much this week. So bear with us. We're, we're shaking things up a little bit. But I will tell you, I do like Saquon this week in DraftKings. I know he's expensive. I think he's going to have a big game. So keep that in mind. So, that's kind of our thoughts on on Washington, New York. Let's swing to one of the other games. This is actually one of the ones I'm the most excited about, and it's this Bears Rams game. What do you think about this one? Well, the news from Mitch Trubisky changes yeah. things up some. The cold weather again. You get a. We spoke about it earlier in the Kansas City Rams game. Now it ain't as drastic because those are the ones in each category. But you get a great defense, one that creates turnovers against a hybrid offense that can do everything. Now. Home field plays here. Yeah. Home field. And if you're gonna give me a if you're gonna give me a three point basket here, I'm taking it, man. I'm really? taking it. Th- yeah. I mean, it's tough. It's tough to it's tough to go up there and say, man, I'm going against the Rams. It is. But at the, the end of the day, they they're one, three, and one in their last five against the spread. Vegas has caught up to them. Now, today, under the lights, in the cold. What why you gotta take that three. The only here's what worries me, and I'm going to relate to college football a little bit here. You remember when Sam Ellinger came back from that shoulder, and he just wasn't quite right, and then they mm. went and they dropped that game. What was it to Oklahoma State? Yeah. I think. I just worry like is Trubisky just going to be a little rusty? And you the know, cold weather the with cold, their shoulder. Yeah, yeah. yeah, you're right. You're right. And like I said, I'm not releasing that as an official player. Nothing yet. Check back on Twitter and Sports Map. We'll have a play for that. But it's 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 a tough, tough game. And for some reason, people are passing up all the other games on the slate and going and dumping money on this one because it's a pretty thing to watch. Yeah. But it's not pretty for your money when you're on there struggling. At the end of the game, this I don't see a blowout either way. You'll go into the fourth quarter of this game, no matter which side of the bet you're on, hoping for something to happen. What, what did you think about the line in general? Because I like to use your trick where you know you know the home versus the neutral field versus in LA so I guess this would be a nine or ten point game for LA if they were at home and that's what, what's crazy about it it seems it's, a little much right yeah, yeah I mean are you going up there and punching LA minus eight and a half nine I don't see it at home I don't see it a good defense can trump can slow uh, slow down these 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 groundbreaking offenses, man. I mean, that's what you're going to see. Hopefully, in the in the Ravens game, if you're back in the Ravens with me, you you hope that they can limit what they can do, and then you say, well, can the Bears score on that defense? Because Matt Nagy is going to be ready to scheme up some crazy stuff. Trust me, this is the games. I mean, you're talking about somebody that came from that KC side. He knows how the same thing that KC did whenever they played him. Oh, truly, they don't have Patrick Mahomes tossing around back there. But he's going to run unorthodox, an unorthodox game plan. He's going to make sure that he tries to keep that defense or that offense off the field, and he can easily do that because the Rams' uh, defense isn't nothing to be scared of. No, it's not. I mean, they do get a keep to lead back. I think that helps a little bit. I believe he returned last week, so that that should help him a little bit. I think this could be a Tariq Cohen game. You just took it right out of my mouth. I was just about to say, this is a Cohen game. Yeah, no doubt about it. All right, so I think we hit that one pretty good. What about this one? New England going to Miami, they usually struggle there, right? Do you see that being the case today, or do you think New England just rolls here? I think that New England's going to roll, but that spread is is, is scary. Yeah. Now, Xavier Howard nine points is how out from what I understand. Yeah, he's he had surgery. He's he's out. Okay, so 
they usually thrive on having those two big defensive backs. I mean, who's gonna? How are you gonna stop that? That New England. This is when New England usually gets rolling. They like to get a momentum going into the playoffs. Everything hasn't really gone perfect for them during the season. But if you ask them, with all those problems, if they could find themselves or where they are right now in the standings and then and send their hands pretty much to to end where they are. Psh- I'll take the Patriots in that position. Yeah, I will, too. I, I think Edelman has a big game here with Howard out. Even Josh Gordon could have a pretty pretty good game there. So, you know, us Texans fans, we're hoping somehow Miami can can squeak this one out. Bienvenidos a Miami. Yeah, but, you know, th- that's a lot to ask of the Dolphins here without their best corner. All right, uh, I guess we got time for, for one more game here. Is there one you want to pick out? Because we're up against it. You want to talk about your Steelers or you want to talk Minnesota-Seattle? I got that pulled up now. Whenever looking at the Patriots this week and looking at the Steelers, think about next week when they play each other. Ooh, so, yeah. think about that whenever you go to Beckham this week. Is there an eye already on next week? Remember the Jesse James catch last year that was a catch. I don't care what they say. But, again, <laughs> what do you get from the Steelers in a game that's 10 and a half? Uh, traditionally, there's there's only a two places that Big Ben hasn't won. Oakland's one of them for whatever reason that is. I uh, I do think the Steelers try to get right and try to go into this Patriots game um, riding momentum as well. I think that they score at least 31 points surpassing the team total. I'll take that, and I'm not really going to be betting that 10 and a half. Interesting. All right, well, I think we have enough time. Just real quick, uh, Minnesota-Seattle. What, what do you got on uh, Vikings and the Seahawks? Looks like it's a, a three-point spread. Seattle's favorite. Uh, what do you think, Jerry? This is my uh, Thrive Plus special of the week because I'm just going to drink a lot during this game. I'm going to sit back. <laughs> I'm going to enjoy my Thrive and because a lot of people are going to give Seattle a credit for what their their home record is, and they, they say Seattle's got more than a three-point, the, the, the standard three-point home field advantage. But if you look from last year, the start of last year, when the Legion of Boom started falling apart, that team isn't what they used to be at home. That home field advantage hasn't played out the way they used to be. I think it, the line's right where you should be. Minnesota's been killing me all year, so I'm not going to go against them, obviously. All right, there you have it. Uh-oh. I think I know what that sound means. I think that means it's time for Put Your Name On It. Am I right, Cam? Absolutely. All right, I guess I will go first. I'm hanging with Mr. Cooper. Amari Cooper is my Put Your Name On It. I think he's going to have a really big game. Eagles really struggling in the secondary. I like Amari Cooper this week. Cam? Yo, I was really split on this one. I wanted to go DJ Moore because Cleveland's giving up 35 fantasy points the last three weeks to wide receivers. However, Chris Godwin, 13 points in the yeah. first week against New Orleans with Deshaun Jackson. No Deshaun Jackson, 32nd-ranked pass defense with New Orleans. I'm going to have to go Chris Godwin on this one. There you go. I like him this week as well. And, Jerry, what do you have for everybody? Big bet. Eagles team total over 20.5. I think they get in the mid-20s. And that Rodgers touchdown uh, prop over two touchdowns, hammer that. He'll have two touchdowns at half. I'll put my name on that. Boom. There you guys have it. We want to thank our guests today. We want to thank Fred and Eric Sandler for coming on. And, of course, Lance Zerline for joining us in studio. Hyped up Andrew. Cam behind the glass. Hector on the phones. My great partner, Jerry Bow. We'll see you guys next week. Peace. This is Nolan Ryan. You're listening to Houston's best sports talk, ESPN 97.5.